Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And hey, you're here today. I am. Oh, right. Yes, so no <laughs> more remote recording. <laughs> for now. Yes, 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 for now. And hopefully everybody keeps staying keeps staying safe and we can keep it this way. Definitely. But at least for now, you're back. Yep. It's good to have you back, Manny. Yeah. <laughs> but... So hopefully we can kind of get back into our grooves. I know the last couple episodes has been kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, it has been rough, just honestly. Yeah, and I, and I think that kind of goes from both sides. It's a little bit, it's harder to keep that connection and bouncing back and forth efficiently when we're remote. Yeah, and just like not be able to get visual cues of like facial expressions and all the other stuff. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, half the time I almost felt like we were going in, start recording, and I wasn't I wasn't even there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just there behind the computer just clicking some buttons, and I don't know. It, it, it wasn't the same. Yeah. It's not the same. I know, you know, there's a lot of things we can do just strictly online, but it's never 100% there. Yeah, it really isn't. So we can get close, and, and I think we did okay for what we had to do for the moment, but mm-hmm. we're back. Yeah. We are back. But uh, with that, Manny, how was your weekend, man? Pretty good. Just a lot of heavy lifting and everything for work. Oh, that's fun. Always. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I didn't do any lifting, so. I can tell. Hey, hey, hey. Better watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a pretty fucking lazy weekend for me. Yeah. Uh, There was a couple car events I was, I guess I was thinking about going to, and I just couldn't bring myself to get up and go. I was like, no. Yeah, the same was with me. There was one like in Huntington Beach, and there was one off somewhere else, but I just don't remember where, but. Oh, there was a Corona Cars and Coffee. Oh, really? Yeah, there was Corona Cars and Coffee on Saturday. Oh, I work Saturdays. I think uh, Sunday was either Menifee or Marietta at like the detail garage. They mm. had something going. And both days I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. No, nah, I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't feel it today or yeah. this this past week, and I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, like I said, I there's a few that I actually thought about going, honestly. But I was also just being really lazy about it. Yeah. No, I... I Definitely feel you on that one, man. But uh, with that, man, we got some jam-packed headlines, right? Some jam-packed, really big headlines. Some stonk headlines. Stonk. To the moon, Manny. To the moon. moon. (laughs) No, to Mars. But uh, yeah, so let's start off with that one then, huh? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure everybody has like this, is seeing the craze now for GameStop right now. Yeah, and this was kind of happening like as we started recording, we kind of saw the first headline last week. Oh, yeah. And we talked about it, but we didn't know that it was going to get this crazy. Like, as the week pro- progressed, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, we were just, like, going back and forth the message. Like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Did you see this? Yeah. And, you know, at first, I didn't fully understand what was going on. Like, to be perfectly honest, I am I was fairly ignorant to that side of like the stock market you know i mean when we first saw it when we, last time we were recording all i all i saw was a headline that GameStop stocks are surging yeah and, and we didn't really know any background behind it 
And, uh, you know, like I said, I was ignorant to what it meant about the short. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now that we've kind of like, it's grown so big, I've kind of uh, educated myself a little bit on, you know, not to say that by any means any kind of full understanding or expert, but Mm -hmm. I guess uh, a quick rundown of what happened is basically the hedge fund company Melvin Capital. Melvin Capital, yes. <coughs> Sorry, just clearing my throat. Um, they basically uh, they bet on a short um, against GameStop. Now, what that means basically is that they're basically um, they're gonna, in a sense, buy and borrow these stocks from GameStop, and in a sense, lend them through through the broker in betting that the stock price is going to go down. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the cycle, they will purchase those stocks back, um, pocketing the extra money and giving the stocks back because the price went down on them. Yeah. So they're returning the stocks they borrow and they pocket whatever leftover of the shortage it is. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, for how much they are able to short one of these companies, they can potentially make a lot of money. In a sense, basically called short selling. Yes. Now, the vice versa, the gamble on this is that the potential for loss is actually really, really huge. And risky. Yes. So, again, I'm sure everybody, I'm just kind of doing a quick recap. I'm sure everybody's already kind of heard and maybe done their own research on it, you know. Mm -hmm. But the Reddit forum, Wall Street Bits, uh, they decided to rally behind GameStop. And essentially buy the short, which as they were buying uh, stocks into GameStop while it's on the short, it surges the price of the stock. And basically what they were doing is in a sense is actually the opposite. Like Tony said, instead of short selling, they were doing a short squeeze. Yes. So as they buy it, the stock goes higher and... Um, this they just Melvin keep, Capital is responsible for all the interests that it's yeah. building, basically. And not only that, as it kept going, these guys would continuously sell the stock and just keep rebuying them and rebuying them. Yeah, so it, it's inflating the stock, and obviously some of the guys actually made out with a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But it lost this hedge fund company billions of dollars. They, I believe they actually filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. They, Within a few days in the week, they filed bankruptcy. Yeah, and they went through an extra two point one billion dollars. That was like part of a bailout from another head, uh, another funding company. Uh, point seventy two, and it was actually uh, close to three billion dollars. Yeah, so there's already been estimates that supposedly they're already, you know, into like thirteen billion that's lost already now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now the crazy part though is that when point seventy two pumped those uh close to three billion dollars to Melvin Capital. That's when Wall Street Bets noticed it and they were like, okay, let's let's play let's let's keep playing. And so they went harder into the stock market and just in less than twenty four hours they lost the three billion dollars and still went bankrupt. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they they took them for everything, man. Mm-hmm. Now with that a little bit of more drama happened. Obviously Robinhood blocked all buying of that stock. The only yeah. option allowed, though, and all trading options actually, not mm-hmm. just buying, just any trading options yeah. for it, other than selling the stock. Obviously, selling the stock, everybody starts selling it. Stock prices go down. It saves Melvin Capital a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, huge uproar. 
It, it, it definitely did because <coughs> if I'm correct, the the share price was actually close to five hundred dollars. Correct at its peak. Uh, I think pretty close. I know it was in the fours for sure. Four eighty seven. I think it almost got to. And when they finally, when Robinhood finally put their foot down and restricted all trade options involved, it actually dropped dramatically to three hundred. Yeah, and that's where the uproar came into play. Yeah. Now the uh, the owner of Robinhood, like the founder or whatever, mm-hmm. he did come out with a statement on supposedly why they they did this uh, blockage, and that's basically um, having to do with the amount of capital being done deposited per day basically and yeah, they're way over what they normally do the, the numerous amount of transactions involved that was yes. overwhelming the system apparently yeah but you know what a lot of people don't really get is that there is a little background to that that you know there's a little bit of a shadiness to that too oh yeah definitely so um i'm not sure if you know how robin hood actually makes their money because they don't really charge for per every transaction, mm-hmm. like for trading. That's the whole. That was their whole kind of background of how yeah. they bring regular people into trading, right? What was the What was the tweet that they were redoing? It was a uh, "Let them trade" or "Let my people trade." Uh, let the people trade. Yeah. So the way they kind of make their money is through a market maker, mm-hmm. and that is a, a Citadel. So they actually are in business ties connection through Citadel. And they make their money on the back ends after the smaller traders kind of make their money. They get that extra tax from there, from the market maker. Yeah. Now, Citadel actually has those ties directly with Melvin Capital because Melvin Capital is leveraged through Citadel. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, basically, Melvin Capital leveraging, leveraging basically is and honestly is responsible for almost every economic crash that we've had. And that's basically these banks betting that's really essentially what they're doing in pretty the market. much just treating the stock market as a casino yeah yeah they're betting but they're betting with money they don't have yeah this is money that's partially leveraged right so part of their leverage money is through citadel citadel has these business ties directly with how robin hood makes their money so as this uh short squeeze started happening melvin lost a lot of money and half of their money they were leveraging and betting was from citadel which is Robin Hood's pockets. Yeah. <laughs> so when they did all that, it's pretty much hurting their pocket directly. Yeah. And yeah, so obviously there's this has become like almost full on class warfare. <laughs> it really has been, honestly. It, it's been pretty crazy to watch. I mean, you know, besides the whole fact of yes, there's a huge risk, obviously. You know what I mean? A lot of people that might have jumped in super late to the GameStop thing, they could potentially lose out a lot of money. Because this is not... You know, I totally get the whole argument of, yes, this is market manipulation, blah, 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 whatever, right? But in the certain sense, why are they making a deal out of this quote-unquote market manipulation now when, you know, banks have been doing this for decades you know what i mean definitely this is the game they have always been playing the only difference is that the market manipulation is coming from the people from the public from retail investors rather than the banks and the hedge funds and basically these hedge fund and banks taking action is basically a statement saying that only they can play this game not the public Mm -hmm. or in a sense the poor yeah yeah no and i mean uh (laughs) there was a as I was kind of doing a lot of like the reading on this, um, there is a uh, billionaire, Leon Cooperman, mm-hmm. 
So he was out. He was on there. You know, every it seems like every single time there's something going on in the news that has to do with the wealthy, he's on there crying. <laughs> I, and I mean this literally. <laughs> so 2019, when we were still in the primaries for the uh, Democratic electorate, right? Yeah. Um, I don't I draw a blank. Elizabeth Warren. Sorry, I don't know why I drew a blank on her name. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren like released her tax plan, right? Mm-hmm. And her tax plan had a capital gains tax and a wealth tax. Now, agree, disagree, I don't really care, but basically she was trying to lean it back towards what we had closer in the 50s. You know, in the 50s, we had a huge wealth tax. Vice versa now, it's cut in almost more than half than what it was in the 50s. But she was proposing a wealth tax, basically. And this guy jumped on on... Uh, I think it was CNN or CSNBC or whatever, and literally, literally was crying on TV about the tax. <laughs> so this blubbering little billionaire came back on to talk about the GameStop um, investors, basically, basically talking about how um, this was attacking the rich. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, he he probably got very hurt by those memes of like eat the rich and stuff. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, I've seen articles already so far where we have like billionaires like talking about they're now living day to day, barely eating, barely meeting ends meet. I'm like, bitch, please, you're fucking loaded with money and wealth. You have the the wealth status. Like, don't give me this bullshit that you're like living day by day. Yeah, no, there there was another one, and and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but. He got on there talking about like, uh, what are these guys doing? They need to they need to go out and uh, you know they could be working out, you know they could be getting some exercise or, <laughs> or dating some girls like, like I it's the huge disconnect from reality. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like they can complain about us poor people and everything, just like working out, going out with girls while they're buying children on Wayfair. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. not sorry. This guy. So, um, I'm not sure if you remember this, but back in 2008, there was another short squeeze that was actually kind of similar. So, back in 2008, Porsche actually went went through and actually bought a ton of Volkswagen stock. And that caused the Volkswagen stock to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And it actually caused short sellers to lose tens of billions of dollars in this, just a couple days. So this is kind of like a a car industry short squeeze that they did at that time. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool to see this parable, but obviously I think uh, what's happening now with multiple small investors versus, you know, giant companies going against the squeeze, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It, Similar thing that I saw when I was kind of like looking up, you know, good examples was basically the Porsche and and Volkswagen one as well. Now, how do you feel about this? Because I just saw an article yesterday and I read it and it was like, honestly, it was just purely funny and everything. Uh, These billionaires and the wealthier that are crying over the situation because they lost so much money and everything from this whole situation in GameStop, that they're actually putting the blame for this happening on the stimulus checks on the stimulus checks yes i mean 
it's almost like those memes almost exact like mm-hmm. hey we're gonna shut down these businesses all year long due to the pandemic you know and all we're gonna give you guys is these little tiny checks why don't you go invest it and do something you'll be all right mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what they did right but when it when they actually did it they didn't like it <laughs> yeah yeah well you, you know it kind of opens up um a lot of different conversations and topics that I, you know, like I said, at, at first I was very ignorant on. I didn't really know much about it, but there's a ton of articles now that I've been reading, like where these uh, companies are actually making these bets doing badly. And then the federal reserve is coming back and pumping money into these failed businesses to save these stock market bets that they made. Yeah. So those are, again, our tax dollars bailing out these hedge funds and billionaires when they're making mistakes, gambling with, our account, or you know, essentially our entire economy, you know, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely shed no tears for it. I'm hoping everybody that is involved in it understands the risk, and you know, hopefully, nobody's just dumping their life savings and gonna end up losing it because you know, obviously, again, this is not sustainable. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just like Tony said, like, pretty much be prepared of what you're gonna get into. Uh, the other day, I actually read an article. I can't, for the life of me, remember which which billionaire this was, but he was one of the guest uh, uh, sharks for Shark Tank. Uh, he was on there and everything, but he basically sided with the people and everything. These retail investors and stuff, because honestly, a lot of the, a lot of the billionaires, like not 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 saying like all the billionaires, but a lot of like people that have created some really big businesses don't really like hedge fund because hedge funds actually make an enemy out of all the, a lot of companies and stuff. And he just said like, it's fun. It's, it's amazing that you guys are doing this and everything, but don't do it with borrowed money because these hedge fund groups, they're not going to have loan sharks coming after them and debt collectors calling them. You guys are going to be the ones getting those calls. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, I'm really happy to see this happening, but yes, I mean, we're not going to get bailed out. Yeah. These hedge funds, they can come, they can go, they can go bankrupt. Unfortunately, sometimes when they lose, it does affect our economy Mm -hmm. because they gamble with so much leverage and money they don't have. So, but at the end, they're always bailed out. They're always okay. They always land on their feet. Yeah. Us, not so much. So, like I said, you know, I shed no tears for them, but I hope everybody, any Redditors or anybody that's going in there and participating... You know, know the risk and be smart about it is, you know, the best thing I can really say. Now, I did see an article today because, like, this is still going on, like, as we're speaking. But I did see an article today where the CEO of GameStop actually made a statement Uh that he's actually been enjoying this whole situation just with popcorn and watching it all happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, the stock could fall as soon as, like, a company cashes out, too, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. No, but he's he was actually the what his enjoyment was just like power to the players, basically the the motto for GameStop, power to the players. So he's just like yeah, thrilled to see the like these guys. Meanwhile, Robin Hood's going totally against their mo. Oh yeah, definitely let the people <laughs> trade. They turned into bootlicker trade, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which you know, speaking of that too, a ton of other you know, because Robinhood wasn't the only one to to block trading. Mm-hmm. I believe it was on Thursday. Almost all of them were blocking it. Really? Yeah, but I believe there was a couple who started opening up, 
because they're seeing an opportunity, you know, for the most part, Robinhood was probably one of the most popular apps for that, you know? But now I know public, they were one of the first ones to lift it and go ahead and just start letting people trade the stock again. Yeah. Um, I think Weeble, Weeble, um, they, they lifted it afterward a little bit later, but they lifted it afterward too. So a bunch of these other apps are kind of trying to capitalize on it and kind of try to steal everybody's, you know, steal the customer base from Robinhood. Yeah. So this is going to hurt their reputation, you know, regardless of what happens in the future, this is definitely going to hurt their reputation in the long run. It will. And I did, uh, like like I said, this is still all going on, but there was some, uh, some, I, I, w- I can't remember where they worked, but I think they actually worked within the, na- the, the stock market. Um, but they did say that because of Robinhood restricting trading, all trading options, and now making limited trading options, that this actually could cause a really big reaction towards a market crash no, for, for restricting uh, tr- uh, trading and everything. Yeah, no, this is, uh, like I said, this is unprecedented. It's going to change a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Now, whether it changes to protect us or protect them is yet to see. I, I Honestly, I kind of believe that it's going to end up being that they're going to protect them. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely interesting to watch. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, with that, obviously, um, I guess... Obviously, don't you know? Don't take investing advice from us, <laughs> please. <laughs> but from what I'm seeing, everybody's switching away from Robinhood and going over to Public and Weeble. So I think those are going to end up getting kind of big now. Yeah, if you want to take like investing advice from us, just invest Hot Cheetos into me, please. There you go, buddy. There you go. <laughs> I am the Cheeto man. So yeah. I can't wait to see um, maybe the Redditors will go after a anime studio next. Really? I don't know, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't think of a uh, like a scenario where I can see that, honestly. Yeah. Well, I also thought it was kind of weird to, I guess, the timing of when this um, hedge fund decided to actually short GameStop. Because, mm-hmm. yes, even though we are in the pandemic and a lot of businesses are hurting... It is a console drop year. Yes. Right? So we have PS5, Xbox One. So those are normally fairly hot years for these game stores, regardless of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you would think that maybe this isn't the year to short them. Like, you know, you at least wait another year until the kind of the consoles are more massly available, you know? I don't know. I'm trying to think of also how they kind of decide it, you know? Yeah, I'm also trying to think about it because you you did bring up an interesting point. So I'm I'm actually intrigued on what could happen. Yeah, it, it's a console drop year. This yeah. is usually a big year. They get a lot of pre-orders. I'm sure they sold a lot of those consoles, yeah. right? I'm sure they're getting a lot of people who go in and actually, you know, even though we all know it's a ripoff, but you know, go in and trade their old systems to trade up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's weird that you would uh, bet against a store on a console drop year a game store on a console drop year where they're probably going to see more sales than normal yeah so maybe they're not you know they're not as 
tuned in as <laughs> as they might think. Obviously, they're not now, but <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but all right, Manny, let's uh let's get out of the finance talk. Let's get let's get back into some new stuff. All righty. So, have you ever gone to a gas station to pump gas, but gas wasn't coming out? Mm, can't say that I have. Would you ever be concerned if it ever happened to you after that point? Yeah, yeah, no, that definitely would. So last week I went to take a delivery for my parents' nursery because we're a wholesale nursery. We so we deliver plants throughout the SoCal region. And on my trip back, I stopped at the gas station, refilled our company truck, and I had two containers for diesel. Mm-hmm. And so my dad chose my dad just told me to fill them up with diesel and these containers we keep them on hand filled for our tractors in case they need to be refueled. Because obviously we can't take the tractor out to the road and drive a few miles just to get to a gas station or anything. Yeah. We could. We're just going to piss off a lot of people in traffic. So we like to keep them on, uh, keep them on hand and everything just ready and just, just in case we need it. So I pumped gas. It was actually last week on Tuesday. And after that, they just kept they were they just stayed in storage because the the tractors didn't need the diesel but we just kept them on hand just in case so right along came friday we had two truckloads of canadian peat moss right after and the both our tractors were actually almost empty on diesel so i started organizing all the stuff needed to unload the uh, the trailers and my dad's refilling the tractors and he gives me a call hey uh, come over here because it looks like you fucked up. I was like, the f- what, do you, what do you mean I fucked up? <laughs> like, in, in Spanish. That's, a, that's always the best calls. Yeah. That's always it, the best phone calls. It was in Spanish, but like in translation, it's like, hey, you fucked up. Get over yeah, here. Yeah, and he doesn't tell you what it is. He lets you ponder on it as you walk over there. Oh, trust me. I was pondering. <laughs> I get there. It's like, it's like, it's like, what the, like, what the fuck did you get? It's like, what is this? Like, it's like, what do you mean I got? I got diesel. He's like, that's not diesel. It's like, and I look over. And he starts pumping them into into like five gallon buckets, and it was coming out dark, golden brown, orange, almost looked like oil in a sense, honestly. And I'm like, oh shit, this is not diesel. I was like, how much did you put in the tractor? It's like only like probably like a sixteen ounce can of amount. So it's yeah. on a fuel. Uh, and then he probably smelled it or something. Uh yeah, and it smelled really bad apparently to him. The, just the just the texture too when you feel it in your fingers. Yeah. And so he just told me, hey, I'm going to try to see what I can do. Go to a different gas station. But are you sure you didn't get E85? I was like, no. The gas station I went to doesn't sell E85. That's a yellow pump. I strictly grabbed the green pump because they don't sell E85 there. Okay, do you do you still have the receipt? He's like, yeah, I still have the receipt. He's like, I showed it to him, showed him the pump number and everything. I was like, okay, go take the containers, go, fill it, go to a different gas station and fill it up with diesel. So I got paranoid. Once I got to the gas station, I started doing little tests to make sure it was diesel. <laughs> I, I got paranoid. I got paranoid. So sure enough, um, I filled them both up, ran back. Uh, my dad said that the tractor was already choking because they didn't have too much. And while he was trying to do what he can, because we have to unload these uh, really quick, these trailers, because then we start getting charged for a time extra that they're staying there because they got other appointments to be loaded or pick up another shipment and stuff. Yeah. So he refilled the tra- the tractors right away. I took over one of the positions to help unload the trailer while the, uh, while the worker went back to helping everybody else. 
And so after we were done, we went back, we secured all the buckets, and we went back to the, the same gas station where I bought them. Took the receipt. I parked exactly at the same pump, went inside, and asked for the manager. And my first question, have you had any complaints or reports about your diesel? Because I wanted to know if this was going to be my first case. Yeah, or, or they already figured it out. Or they already figured it out because somebody already reported it. And they said, no, we haven't. Okay. I came on this day. I showed them the receipt. And I pumped diesel. But I didn't get diesel. I got E85 because I'm, I'm not too sure if it's E85 because I've never experienced or worked on cars or... I, I wouldn't know anything about E85. I know about diesel, how it smells, how it feels, and how it looks. But E85, I don't have anything to base it off other than taking pictures and sending to friends that actually work with E85 and confirm that it is. And I just told them, I was like, well, I got E85. It's like, no, we don't we don't sell E85. Like, and they got super defensive. Yeah. And I was like, it's like, I know you don't sell E85, but your diesel pumps pumped out E85s. No, no, we don't have E85. We don't sell E85. I, like, I know that's what I'm trying to tell you. And so I was like, and I just told him, I was like, look, can you just come outside and just look? I was like, okay. So they come out, they see the buckets, and I tell them, I was like, look, this is the same pump. It's on the receipt, the date, which was this past Tuesday, the time. And I just told him what happened uh, that's that same morning before we went to the gas station. And after they finally looked at the buckets and how it looked and everything, they got they they started getting suspicious that maybe what I was saying is right. Yeah. So they got kind of worried. They started taking pictures. They said thank you, thank you, thank you, all this other stuff, and that they'll call a technician to inspect. And Did everything. they test the pump? They said that they're going to call somebody because uh, they have to get them get them on the phone and everything. Oh, okay, I was going to say give them five bucks and be like, let's see what comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so they left back in the store, and my dad's like, well. If we're still here, let's see if the other pumps actually pump out diesel. Maybe this is just a wrong batch on this specific pump. But I doubt that was going to be the case because it all comes from the same tank underneath. Yeah. So we went back. We moved over to another pump. And the manager saw that we moved to another pump. And I think maybe he got suspicious that like we were... curious, yeah. Curious, but also suspicious that we were just trying to scam him or something. Okay. And so my dad got a phone call. He moved to the side. And I started pumping, and the next, you know, I see him coming. He's like, "Oh, it's like, uh, did you want to see or something?" Or he's like, "Yeah, we want to see." So I started testing the pump, and it was still coming out like dark golden brown orange. Like from your experience, what is diesel supposed to look like? Not like that. It's supposed to look clear and green, right? Yeah, no, it's that's completely opposite. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So, and I told him, like, look, I was like, I, I stopped the pump, and I was like, that's not diesel. That's exactly the same thing right there, and, and that's not diesel. So I called over my dad after he got off the phone, and I told him, hey, test it, because they're right here, like, already taking pictures and videos. And once my dad tested, like, oh, no, no, that's not diesel. Once he saw it for his own eye, too, as well, they immediately started getting worried. Well, so, no shit. What was that, a week? Yeah. Damn. And uh, honestly, that's that's pretty... All right, Manny. Uh, that's what, what was the gas station? Uh, 76 gas station. Oh, my God. It was a 76. It was a 76 Son gas station. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say, like, 
Arco? Valero, Arco, Texaco, some kind of cheap <laughs> JJ's fuel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it, it definitely did raise concerns because the time frame from when I got it to the time that I went to show them in person, that is a raising concern because how many people have already done, uh, pumped diesel out of those pumps? Fuck. How many trucks pulled up, pumped it, and drove away? Yeah, because that... That gas station, because it, it's fairly brand new, it's it's still a couple years old, but it's still recent comparison to other gas stations. But it's got it does give a lot of heavy traffic when it comes to diesel uh, vehicles. Yikes! I mean the 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 thing that didn't worry us too much is that we didn't put too much into our tractors, and actually filled it up. Oh with yeah, diesel. no, you you guys are lucky in the sense that it was for a tractor. Yeah. And you guys put them in containers, and you would hand fill them up at home. Yes, I'm talking about any trucks, delivery trucks, because even guys in pickup diesels. Once they put the nozzle in, they won't know what's coming out. Yeah, yeah, they're pumping it straight into their tanks, mm-hmm. and then they're driving off with it. Definitely. Jeez, I remember I posted this on Instagram, and actually a friend of ours actually responded how it something similar happened to his friend that actually has a car that's converted to E85. But when he pumped uh, E85 into his car, it was actually diesel. <laughs> oh, no. That makes me worried now, like, for even just the normal 91, Ooh. 89, you yeah. know? I'm paying for 91. Watch, I've been just getting 87 this whole time, and my <laughs> engine's just pinging all over the place. Jeez, oh, <laughs> that's so sketch. It really is, honestly. I mean, and even if it, like, let's say the technician actually went and they they say, they confirm that's not diesel. I mean, who who are they going to put the blame on? I mean, it could be anywhere from logistics at that point, too. Yeah, I don't really know. To the refineries where they loaded the tankers. Yeah, like, I, I don't really know that, I guess, that part of the industry. Yeah, same Enough well. to really say, like, oh, yeah, they... They give this guy a list and say, hey, pump here at this station, here at this station, or you know what I mean? Or maybe if they're labeling, if they use the same containers. I honestly don't know. Now, here's one thing. There is another 76 just down the street, and that one actually does sell E85. Oh, so maybe they just kind of uh, went to the wrong one. Possibly. And just just filled up. Possibly. Because I'm sure these are pre-contracted, you know what I mean? They just showed up and just, oh, yeah, we'll just fill it up here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, but somebody definitely fucked up. Oh, definitely. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they uh, invested early in GameStop so they don't have to work no more. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gone. <laughs> I've had a lot of people tell me how I should sue. And I was like, I, I like honestly, it's, that's just bad mentality, honestly, in my opinion. I mean, well, I mean, the only thing you can really do is what? Get your money back? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And did they offer you a refund on the fuel? They did. They okay. Did. I mean, that's all you can really reasonably get anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you didn't fill up your tank on your delivery truck or something and drive off and it fucked the whole fuel system on you, you know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, if anything, you got on the lucky side of it for sure. Yeah. And good thing you guys kept your receipts to know... Or I guess maybe always fill up at the same places so you know where it came from. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's scary. That's mm. sketchy. Um, I remember there is a there was a guy doing a ton of videos where he would actually test to make sure water isn't in your fuel. And apparently that was like his job. And he would and depending how they maintain their silos, because you know, water and fuel they don't mix, you know, yeah. obviously um their density is different. Mm-hmm. But apparently there's some gas stations that don't maintain those uh, containers well enough. And when they get heavy rain, they could have a bad ratio and actually be pumping out some water into your tank. <laughs> so he had like some, basically like a yard testing stick, obviously a lot longer than a yard. And he'd put some, um, he'd put some like a, I guess, lack of a better word, goo. (laughs) He had like this paste tube that he would put on the stick and he would stick it in there and it would uh, change color with water. So as he put it in there, he would able to see up to where is the water in that tank versus the gas. Yeah. And apparently all of them have fucking water in them. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. It's just literally them maintaining X amount um, X amount in there versus how much gas that keeps you from getting water in your tank. Yeah. And I, and I believe he mentioned something about, obviously, if it gets way out of ratio and there's a ton of water in there, they do make them take them out and, you know, actually vacuum all the water out and then, you know, then they refresh, I guess. Yeah. But, yes, there's always fucking water in those tanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of concerning that it was 76. I kind of always... Flag 76 is one of the, you know, 76, mobile, and, and shell for me, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm taking 76 off there now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we told our, our other drivers, well, hey, uh, I know this gas station is right off the exit, but go on the other side of the freeway, even though it's in the complete area, just go to Chevron, pump diesel. <laughs> Don't risk it. Yeah, I mean... I know it's all anecdotal, and you know, for all we know, it might never happen again. But yeah, once it's there, you kind of lost it. You lost yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> Jeez. All right, Manny. What else we got? Okay, so we we actually have some anime updates. Uh, some really interesting ones. Uh, we have Goblin Slayer season two announced. Yes, finally. Finally, I mean, we already knew how Goblin Slayer first season came out, and how. The world reacted to it, right? Oh, man, yeah. It, it definitely hit the ball running hot as fuck. Yeah. I mean, with like that first scene, especially. If I'm correct, uh, Crunchyroll actually had to take it down and then re-upload it with, with viewer discretion warnings, correct? You know, I don't remember. I just remember that the first episode, like, they kind of threw the gauntlet down. Like, hey, this... You know, this is where we're at kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not really like the whole series was like that. They just wanted to make sure the first episode kind of gave you that hard impact. And it it definitely did. It definitely did. My wife got up and walked out of the room like, I'm not watching (laughs) this shit. (laughs) Did she really? (laughs) Yeah, she did. Oh, shit. Damn. But yeah, I mean, we're also, I think we're also expecting a movie, correct, for this? Uh, You know, I'm not sure. I am not sure about that one. Yeah, I think I think we are expecting a movie, and I, I think it might be a spinoff. Who knows? 
Kind of okay. like, like one of those spin-off movies that they make. Yeah, yeah. And I think the season two is actually just a direct link, or who knows? Maybe the the movie actually follows up after the second the first season, and then the second season follows after the movie. Well, we'll see, but I'm definitely excited for season two. Oh, definitely. And then another one we definitely have is Megalobox season two. Yes. You know, I honestly didn't think they would do a season two. You really didn't think so? It, no, it, 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 see, it struck me like one of those animes that they made. It was super good. Like I said, it is one of my newer favorites, you know? And the way it just left off was just perfect. Like it Yeah, went. it it did not need a season two at uh-huh. all. And I guess kind of like, you know, like comparing it to like Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. it could end there and still be in my Hall of Fame kind of oh, thing, you definitely, know? Definitely, definitely. So I'm hoping they don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm excited nonetheless. So no, yeah, I mean, we had some like really great animation with the fight scenes and everything. The music. Yeah. No, the soundtrack for that whole anime was fire, dude. It had like those lo-fi hip hop R&B vibes and everything. It almost gave me a vibe to like one of the great uh, DJs, Najubis. Uh, damn it. I, I always butcher his name, so I just hope I'm saying it right. <laughs> You're good, you're good. But yeah, uh, I mean... No, the whole aesthetic of that entire... Definitely. ...anime was just awesome, man. Definitely. So I'm hoping they don't fuck up season two, but I, I'm actually genuinely surprised at that one. Yeah, so they just released a teaser on it. I actually... Right when they released it or earlier last week, I tried watching the teaser video, but the video was removed. So I was confused if this was actually a leak or was this actual official announcement, but something just went wrong. Okay. So it just threw me off when I tried to watch the teaser and everything. Okay, but they put it back up or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just threw me off, like I said. Well, send me the link after the show. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's, it was actually on um, Anime News Network. Okay. So yeah, for sure, that's uh, legit information right there. And another one is actually Don Machi Season 4. Um, I have been a big fan of Don Machi since it first started and everything. I have the Don Machi gotcha game on my phone and everything. Uh, the movie was a great, phenomenal movie, in my opinion, when I first when I went to go watch it. I think you went to watch it with us, yes. correct? Yep, I was with you. All righty. Yeah, so I have been a big follower on this anime. So I'm excited. It was I'm, I'm excited for it, but I'm kind of sad because it's not going to be until 2022. Oh, yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a really early yeah. call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited, but a little bit not excited. Yeah, yeah, it's too early. It's too early. Mm-hmm. Chill, chill. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's all we have for anime updates. I don't know if you have any. No, no, no. I'm just spectating. <laughs> spectating? <laughs> this man. All right. What, what else we got, Manny? Okay, now it's time for our anime review. Yes, okay. And this week we reviewed The Great Pretender. Great Pretender, yes. And that is a Netflix exclusive anime, right? Yep. Got it. Netflix will probably just like slap on a Netflix original, but all they did was just buy the rights for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only available to anybody that's interested through Netflix. Yes. Basically. All right. So a little bit of Boo Nerd, Manny. It's been a while, so it's, stretch it's really your legs been. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is a anime called The Great Pretender, or Great Pretender. The, the is not in there and everything. So it did come out last year in 2020 for summer season of anime. It first aired January 2nd and ended in September 20, 21st. 
and with a studio called Wit Studio. Wit Studio was actually a well-known studio as well that did many other great works like Cabanari and the Iron Fortress, Attack on Titan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I did well, not know that. Well, Attack on Titan for season one, two, and three. Season four, the final season, is actually Mappa Studios. You know what? We talked about this last time, yes. actually. Yes. Yes. So Mappa Studios is the only one that's doing season four. You know, I didn't catch any Attack on Titan vibes from this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think if you watch Cabanari and the Iron Fortress, you would actually see Tech on Titan vibes. Okay, okay. Which, maybe maybe a different project team, but yeah. I, which, I, it didn't catch me any vibes from Attack on <laughs> Titan with this one. So they've also done some really noticeable works like Awadi no Seraph. I don't know if you've seen that one yet, maybe. Uh, the Ancient Magnus Bride. Okay, I've seen that one. That's, oh, a yeah. real, that's a really good one. I actually. read the manga when I first found it, so... When I saw that they were going to make an anime for it, I was super excited for it. Yeah, that that's one of the ones that, you know, the wife is actually excited to watch, mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah, it definitely was a really great, phenomenal anime. I think I actually bought some art prints for it back in the Anime Expo. Uh, I'd have to check, honestly. <laughs> and those are pretty much their more noticeable. I mean, they've done other works and everything, but like I said, those are like the more noticeable ones. Yeah, that the heavy hitters. Yes, the heavy hitters. And so let me go back to my notes. So some of the main producers for these animes are like Production IG, Fuji TV, BS Fuji, Toho Animation. And this is your typical R17 plus uh, violence and profanity because as we saw. Yeah, just just a little bit. Yeah, but some of the... Some of the scenarios, uh, that's that's more like the dark, the dark world, and I'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that's my boot nerd for it right now. All right. Well, so let's talk about uh let's start with like presentation. Mm-hmm. So I made the comment to you before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> that the thumbnail image for this anime was the one thing that always made me go skip. <laughs> oh, when you're on like just browsing on Netflix? Yeah, because I've seen it on there, like after you know, after it was recommended to us, and I went back, I was like, what was the name of the anime? I looked it up, and I saw the thumbnail, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I've never even bothered to read the description because the <laughs> thumbnail was so unappealing. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like an extremely racist cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just a really, really bad thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> now, then as soon as I kind of... Um, you know, played it. I started the first episode. I got the mm-hmm. theme music. How, what did you think about the theme music? It definitely gave me like some cowboy bebop vibes. Yeah, a little the, bit of the, jazz, the, right? Jazz side, yeah, yes. yeah. It gives you some jazzy little beats to it. Yeah. So I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right. But for an, in another sense, like the animation, and everything just gave me like fully coolly vibes too. Honestly. Yes, yes. And again, when done well, I don't mind. I don't feel like they did it a hundred percent well, <laughs> but they did it. You know, yeah. so I, it doesn't it doesn't fully throw me off, but it could have been done better for yeah. sure. Um, but like, yeah, but you know, back to the intro. the The music actually was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, facial thumbnail appearance was a big no for me. <laughs> um, storyline. Starline was it looked kind of conf- it was actually kind of confusing, but very entertaining. Yeah, they just kept throwing me plot twist after plot twist. That, <laughs> but not not plot twist where like it just pisses you off because it just makes it more confused. 
plot, plot twist that just keeps you entertained. Yes, yes. So, you know, you know, I'm always a stickler for the writing, you know? Yeah. And I actually thought they did a pretty good job, for, you know, for what they were trying to convey in this one. Mm-hmm. They did actually a really good job with the writing on it. Yeah. They, they kind of kept it, you know, obviously the twists and turns and, you know, the whole theme of keeping the uh, the main character, um, Makoto. Out of the loop. He, he, that was kind of like the theme that, you know, they keep him out of the loop. And just when Makoto thinks he outsmarted them and, and one-upped them in the con, as a general note, yes, this is a... They're basically con men mm-hmm. is what the Great Pretender is about. They're con men. They're pulling these jobs um, mostly against criminals, bad guys, you know. And and we do get a like a look at like certain areas of like the crime organizations and everything. Yeah, yeah. So every time he thinks he's figured it out and he's one up the other con men to to make more money or something, it turns out he was just playing into their hands the whole time. Oh yeah, and, and it just that kind of continues out throughout the series. Mm-hmm. But uh, it definitely was some good writing. They did some pretty decent character development. You know, good background stories like. I actually really enjoyed it. No, it was honestly it was actually really pretty well done and just kept me entertaining, especially with all these plot twists that just kept going around. Yeah, yeah. Uh favorite character. Favorite character would have to be Abby. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean L- Laurent is like am I saying his name right? Laurent? Laurent? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Laurent. The French De- definitely he was a very interesting character. Charismatic. Very good. But that, that's kind of like who he is mm-hmm. in the story, is just the charismatic guy that sets everything up. Yeah, but if it wasn't for Abby, it would probably be Laurent. Okay. <clears throat> so, Abby, for me, you know, they did a really good background story. They had mm-hmm. her whole traumatic thing going on with the airplane. Yes, how she was like a war child and everything. Yeah, yeah, and she tried to go after that old guy who was a uh, military, mm. tried to stab him, and I was like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like... She was wild. It was, yeah. it was actually really... They did a really great job with her. Yeah. Definitely they did. But um, what about, uh, I guess, uh, progress? You know what I mean? So they had like a goal. You know, you go through the story from one point to the other. It was two seasons long. Mm-hmm. And the way they progressed through the story, um, I thought was a good tie-in. So, you know, they have the first arc in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, second arc in... Um, I am drawing a blank <laughs> I am on, all, the, on the country. I, uh, yeah, I'm honestly drawing a blank right now, too. But, no, I, I think I have an idea where you're talking about, like, progression or anything. It, it, it's really interesting how he overestimates himself as a con artist and tries to think he can outsmart uh all these people but in reality he's just being outsmarted even more and just diving himself deeper into a hole and getting involved in these criminal uh, organizations and everything yeah and i mean he kind of gets it towards the end Mm -hmm. oh yeah he definitely gets it towards the end because that's the kind of like the uh the final con in a sense yeah but the way they kind of progress in each arc and each arc is kind of going through the background of one of the characters mm-hmm. um so obviously the airplane one went through abby's background the painting one went through um what's her name cynthia or cynthia whatever more i think yeah Moore's or something let me look it up it went through her background uh with the art side in the art community you know 
Yep, Cynthia Moore. And then at the final arc with the child trafficking, they kind of went back through Laurent's background. Yeah. And they kind of tied in everybody else that they conned. So the mob, the mob Hollywood guy, the the prince uh, with the airplanes and the fucking art gallery guy, they they almost tied them all back into the last final con. Yeah. So I thought the way they kind of did that was actually really good. So it wasn't like a full-on linear plot with a goal at the end. It was just all interconnected. It, it was kind of like weaving a whole background story. Mm. And then the final arc was kind of like the last redemption. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get a sense of what you're talking about. So I really like the way they did it. They, it was actually pretty solid. Um, so what are you saying, Manny? One out of ten. Eight and a half. Eight and a half? Eight and a half. All right, all right. I think I'm going to go probably an eight with this eight? one. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's mostly still because of the animation for me. <laughs> 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 they tried, but some of it was pretty cringy. <laughs> and I think what got me was that some characters didn't look as cringy as others, mm-hmm. and other ones just looked cartoonish One Piece bad. <laughs> and and it was kind of like you didn't have to do that. You did them dirty. Like you didn't have to draw them that way. <laughs> and and me not remind you, this isn't Toei animation. Oh no, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, uh, if you compare some of the look to a few of the characters to the look of other characters, it's kind of like mm, you didn't have to draw them that way. There's some <laughs> prejudice going on there. <laughs> But overall, definitely enjoyable. Uh, good storyline. So if you want to binge something kind of quick, you know, a quick two-season kind of thing, mm-hmm. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I'd recommend it. I'd say it's a pretty good one to go for. Um, But I think uh, that should just about cover the anime review for this week. Pretty much, actually. What's on deck, Manny? I am actually looking up our list right now from our... It's, it's only two of them. <laughs> and it is Hoseki no Kunai. Hoseki no Kunai. Okay. Any any information or are we just going in blind? Uh, we're going in blind. I do have to verify where we can watch it because I don't want to spend hours looking on Crunchyroll to where to find it. And next, you know, I find out it's not there. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just a simple Google search at that point. Like, where can I watch so-and-so? Yes, yes. And I suppose, uh, you know, again, we do the anime reviews every other week. So I suppose after this, we might have to start figuring out what we want to do for the next theme. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll do some bad ones and kind of punish ourselves a little bit. <laughs> I can already think of one. Okay, it's not your choice, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> but we could do some short bad ones and okay. kind of uh, kind of rag on them and make fun of them. That might be kind of fun. If you guys have any kink shaming ones, let us know. We oh got, shit! So, so Leo. <laughs> So that way, uh, Leo's not alone. There you go. We'll publicly shame you. Just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Manny. Um, what else do we got? We got NASA updates. Oh, yeah. we. I mean, I finally got my helmet. Yes, nice. Yeah, I got it from We Don't Lift. If anybody wants to check them out, they got some really good stuff there and everything for your racing needs. And tight fit, but I would... S- a bit of a tight fit, but I'm just thinking it's because I need to break it in, honestly. 
Okay, okay. It's not uncomfortably tight. No, it's not uncomfortably. Tight. Okay. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to like shake your head and have that thing like wiggling. No, yeah. You no, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, you definitely don't want to put the extra squeeze on your face because mm-hmm. you're gonna be wearing it for at least thirty minutes mm-hmm. minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I had a I had a friend that told me that if I really want to like break it in, I just have to go drive around in my car, stare at someone at a street a stoplight, just pull out the helmet and put it on. <laughs> You just got to be the Stig and just walk around with it. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or as I told uh, Hayamere, one of our guests here, that I'll just sit in my car for hours visualizing myself on the track while wearing it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So helmets in. Uh, I believe you already paid your membership. Yeah, I got the membership. Okay. Got the brakes. Brakes are in. Just need to decide on what date to go for for the Auto Club Speedway at the Roval. I'm assuming you're probably going to end up Sunday if you Most if you if you're not going to do both days. I'm assuming you're going to do Sunday. Most likely, just because Saturday is still a work day. Okay. And with this whole pandemic, I don't really have any um, leeway or I'm trying to trying to think of the word any wiggle room to actually skip out on a Saturday. Okay. But yeah, and then uh, just uh, just to see how we're doing on the custom numbers and everything, door numbers. I just haven't got around to it, but mm-hmm. I, it doesn't take long. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take long at all. And okay. then just pretty much still sorting out tire options. All right, so tire options. I think that's the same update as last week, mm-hmm. but just now that the helmet's been delivered. So, yeah. tire options, tire options. Uh, have you? Okay, yeah, you just got to figure out which day, which will probably be Sunday. And then I did pick up some oil too from our sponsor Scott to yeah. have at hand and everything. Okay, yeah, oil change. I mean, that's so fast. It doesn't oh, yeah. even matter. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing left is just tires. That's not bad, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, have you listened to the 91 Octane podcast? Uh, not of recently. Why? Okay. So uh, John kind of uh, blogged his whole experience of finally finishing his E36 and taking it out. Oh, for yeah. His I, first I, track shake it's down. been very interesting just watching the progress every week of his build. And yes. And, and honestly, if you guys do want to take a listen to that and and, and kind of li- um, hear his uh, progress of the build and the shakedown and everything, it's actually super interesting. He conveys a, he had a nice little dramatic start to this. <laughs> And I guess my question is, uh, I, I know you, you see him on social media, so you saw the post if you didn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Does that make you nervous? For Big Willow, yes. <laughs> For Big Willow, yes. For Big Willow, yes. Okay, why is that? Because of how everybody's now telling me how infamous it is with that one specific turn at turn three. Okay, I told you that about turn three, yeah. <laughs> I even told me about it, and a few of other our friends have already told me about it. Okay. That doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. I know, though. I know, I know. I was just wondering if, like, hearing that, if it shook you a little bit and started second-guessing anything or anything I can pull you away from right now. No. Okay. I mean, if it happens, it happens, honestly. But, um, I mean, it's like what you guys have told me. I mean, I'm going to have, like, an instructor with me. And he's not going to push me. He's going to make sure I learn how to do this, how to work my car through the track and everything. So it, just having knowing that is, I already have a peace of mind on it. All right. There you go. That's good. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, yeah, and like I said, you'll you'll never, as long as you never push past what you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. then you're probably going to be all right. Yeah. Once you're comfortable to start pushing the limits a little bit more, you'll get there. Yeah. Besides that, Auto Club is is fun. You're mm-hmm. you're gonna have a blast, man. I'm curious on who's gonna be your driving instructor because mm-hmm. more than likely Jaime is gonna go with uh, Randy from 91 Octane. Okay. Honda Honda Life. True, true. So they'll probably pair you, you know, from what I remember, they kind of tend to pair the instructors to match the car. Yeah. So they'll find you a good rear-wheel drive instructor, which will be probably the best thing for you anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. Honestly, I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up being more hyped than you for the actual day. <laughs> but it's it's fast coming now, really. Yeah. And then I guess after that, I'm not sure if we'll end up getting you back out immediately or wait till the next auto club. I'm not sure. I mean, I just have to look at the schedule again for NASA uh, events here in SoCal region and just see what I can do about planning about doing the second one. Got it. It's just a matter of planning and looking at the schedule. Okay. Well, it sounds like uh, we're on our way to an exciting year. Yep. <laughs> but with that, Manny, let's uh, call this an episode. Definitely. Why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, you can definitely find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitch at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website, UnacceptedPod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. If you have any questions or want to send us an unaccepted rev, I'll still post them if you send them. <laughs> You can send that to unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Adios.